Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 17th edition of the MMA MMA show, Matt's Middle Age Mixed Martial Arts Show. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, this is a very special edition of the program here. I'm actually uh, recording this while driving. Again, I'm pretty sure this is illegal. You're not supposed to podcast and drive. I don't know if you take a breathalyzer when you get pulled over doing this and what happens if I refuse it. I should probably look into that. But as it is, this is going to be a quicker than normal show uh, because I'm actually headed to work early this morning uh, to do... Uh, some training on a new computer system so this is going to be an abridged version so we're just going to get right into it I don't think we're going to have a lot of um, you know weird stories and news stories I haven't even looked any of those up as I was getting in the car there was a story on the radio about the rapper Nelly and apparently a fan in the front row of one of his shows untied his shoe while he was performing and he stopped the show and yelled at the fan who untied his shoe I didn't look any more into this story but I'm amazed that that's even a story (laughs) with all the things that go on in the world Nelly's shoe got untied in 2019 Nelly hasn't been relevant I don't know how long when was the last time Nelly had a hit I think Nelly Furtado's had more hits in the last 15 years than the rapper Nelly from St. Louis, St. Lunatics, if you remember them. But again, I'm, I'm getting off topic here. That, that was the only weird news story that, that caught my eye this week, but I didn't research them like I usually do. One show I did research, though, was UFC 237. This was on Saturday, May 11th in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Uh, attendance was 15,193 people. I don't have a gate number here. Um, not sure why, but it's not here like it normally is. Uh, in the main event, we had Jessica Andraj winning the women's strawweight title over Rose Namajunas. Uh, I guess by knockout. Um, that's how it's officially listed. I, I guess she was out for, for a second. Um, Bottom line, this fight, Rose looked amazing. It was lighting Andrade up on the feet like no one's ever done. Um, Andrade's nose was busted open. Rose knocked her down. Uh, but Rose kept going for, um, I think it was a Kimura. It must have been a Kimura. And uh, basically, Andrade went for a takedown. Rose was kind of going for an arm lock. And Andrade picked rose up over her head like in a like a Samoan drop the the wrestling move um, that Umaga used to do and basically I want to say spiked her on her head because that's technically illegal but dropped her slammed her hard on her neck and head and it knocked Rose out Rose like wouldn't let go of the submission as she was going down if she had let go she could have probably rotated out of that and not got slammed on her head. 
Uh, there's a lot of traffic here. I'm going to be late. This is going to be awesome. Um, but she didn't let go of it, got spiked on her head, knocked out, took a couple punches, ref stopped it. It was one of those where it could have been a lot worse. Like, it was a devastating-looking fall uh, on Rose's neck and head. Her head kind of twisted and, like, pressed her ear up against her shoulder. It was it was brutal. Like, if somebody said, oh, she's got a, a broken neck or a broken vertebrae or something, I'd be like, oh, I'm not surprised. But she was up almost immediately after talking. Um, after the fight, she she essentially said that she wants to take some time off. She doesn't know if she wants to do this anymore. It, it, you just got the feeling that cage fighting isn't for her. But the sad part of it is she was dominating this fight. She looked so good. Um, it was unbelievable. Like, coming off those two Yoani and Jacek wins and then looking this good in this fight, it's like Rose is still only 26. Like, she's got a few good years of her prime left here, five years anyway, and It'd be a bummer if she just stepped away at this point because there's so much talent and so much potential there with her. Uh, in the meantime, you got to give it to Andrade. She got the win. She's the new champ. Uh, it kind of opens up the possibility of Joanna getting the next title shot. Because um, I, I don't know who else you do at Strawweight. There, there's some good contenders out there. Uh, Tatiana Suarez is been looking good. I think she's fighting Nina Ansaroff soon. That, that could be an interesting fight, the winner of that versus Andrade. Um, but I, I don't know what Joanna's up to. I, I don't think she has a fight scheduled yet, but um, she's a fight away. Or if the, the main event, whoever Andrade fights next falls through, uh, Joanna could step in probably and, and take the fight. Um, who and then Rose will we'll kind of see what happens, see if she really does hang them up or if she just takes a break and comes back. I, I'd be okay with them rematching them because it was kind of a fluke win by Andrade. I, I didn't hear a lot of people calling for the rematch, but I think it'd be justified. Rose looked like the much better fighter in this one, just more technical, quicker, um, was in and out. She took some shots, but was never really in any danger. And Andrade is game is knocking women out hitting harder than everybody else and um, Rose was the better fighter even though she lost the fight bottom line then in the co-main event uh, we had a weird finish with Jared Cannonier defeating Anderson Silva by TKO this was a leg injury I think I think it was to Anderson's right leg Cannonier threw a right kick to Anderson's right leg. Anderson crumpled to the ground, started yelling, screaming, holding his knee, and the ref stopped the fight. Uh, apparently, Anderson, nothing's broken. He's got to do some rehab. It doesn't sound like it's a serious injury, but Anderson is not on the proper career trajectory here. 44 years old and having lost. This is always fun. Having lost, jeez, six of his last eight. He's won six and one in his last eight. He's got the Nick Diaz no contest. Jeez, he's losing to Jared Cannonier, who's a, a mid-level middleweight at this point, um, by freak injury that you never see 
in MMA. Usually guys don't go down to leg kicks like that. Um, I can never decide to speed up or slow down at a yellow light. My initial reaction is to speed up. Then as I get closer, I'm like, oh, this thing's going to turn red. i got to slow down. And that's uh, the commentary of me driving. Uh, Kinnanir won. He got booed afterwards. He didn't really care. He showed a little charisma. Um, he's an interesting guy. I, I find him fascinating because he used to fight at heavyweight and now he's dropping down to middleweight. Um, he, he should get a top 10 guy next to really see where he's at. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky defeated Jose Aldo by unanimous decision, 30-27 on all three cards. You know, Aldo's slowing down. He's getting older. I mean, it's what happens to, to fighters, all athletes. You get older, you slow down. Um, Volkanovsky's from Australia. He's a great fighter. Um, he was calling for a title shot after this fight. Um, and Aldo's still very good. Um... Volkanovski was just a younger, quicker guy, got in more shots, and it is what it is. Aldo was never really hurt, but, you know, father time catches up with everybody. Uh, we also had Loriano Steropoli defeating Tiago Alves, 30-27, you know... Tiago Alves is no spring chicken either. It's like a lot of older fighters losing to younger guys. That, that was kind of the theme of this show. You've got Anderson losing, Aldo losing, Tiago Alves losing, Betch Cohea missed weight and lost. Um, the opener on the prelims, Clay Guida defeated BJ Penn. Both those guys are old, but 10 years ago, you would have thought BJ would have walked through Clay Guida. Um, BJ is shot. We've been saying that for, you know, six, seven, eight years now. He should not be fighting anymore. Uh, he should retire, go live in Hawaii, and take it easy. <clears throat> I don't see him doing that. He's a crazy person. He said that he was planning on still winning the title before the fight, working his way up the ranks, and winning the 155 pound title which just sounds totally insane um, he's had you know domestic abuse issues recently he's was charged with like there's some police report that some guy came on his property and he chased him off the property with a machete um, I'm driving by a construction area right now and there's a bunch of cops staring at me probably gonna get tased don't tase me bro don't tease me, bro. Uh, isn't it weird? Like, I feel like police and dentists are similar. They're, like, around to, like, help people. But every time you see one, you get a little nervous and don't want them coming near you. Uh, moving along. Uh, the prelims, uh, a lot of Brazilian fighters nobody's ever heard of. Warley Alves got a win by knockout. Uh, oh, Little Nog lost by knockout. That's another old Brazilian fighter losing. He lost to a guy named Ryan Spann who doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So Little Nog, BJ, Betch, Tiago Alves, Jose Aldo, Anderson Silva, all lose. Like, eight, nine years ago, 
Like, they could have done a Brazil card. All those guys would have won, and it would have been this awesome, like, fun show in Brazil. The crowd going crazy, chanting stuff at the American fighters, you know? And this show was not that. Those days have passed. Um, Granted, Brazil will have a new crop of stars coming up, but, God, like, BJ should retire. Anderson should retire. Little Nog should retire. Aldo's competitive still. He doesn't have to retire, but there's something about Jose Aldo being a gatekeeper that's super depressing when he was so dominant for so many years and literally, like, the best fighter in the world. It's like, he, I, I don't know. There's something about guys like him and Anderson to start to lose fights that it's just sad. You don't want to see them on the prelims getting having their knee explode mid-fight. It's like, hang them up. I, I, I realize they got to pay the bills, and that's how they make their living. But this is a dangerous way to make a living, man. It's not, it's not good for your mental or physical well-being. Uh, we also had Bellator 221 this weekend. That was on Saturday, May 11th, at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois just out of, outside of Chicago. Attendance was 12,936 with a gate of 1.2 million. So Bellator drew, drew a pretty solid crowd there for a main event of Patricio Frere defeating Michael Chandler by TKO. This is at 101 of the first. Um, Pitbull brother here hit Chandler with like a, a right behind the ear, kind of, sort of, and... To me, it was like Chandler lost his equilibrium, went down face first, and took a couple punches to the back of the head, didn't move, but like as soon as the ref waved it off, he was standing up. It was like, ooh, you would have liked to see that go a little longer. Like, I understand why the ref stopped it, but it was a little premature, um, a little early. I, I would have liked to see it go a couple more seconds. Um, granted, it's a split-second thing. The ref has to make a decision. The ref sees you face down on the mat, taking shots to the back of the head, not defending yourself. Usually, it's going to get stopped. Um, God, this traffic's killing me here. This is... I don't usually drive over here where I am right now this time of day, but apparently people get up and go to work in the morning. I'm not real familiar with that scene. I usually head to work around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so... This is how regular people live, I guess. Uh, we also had Douglas Lima defeated Michael Page on this Bellator 221 show. Um, Page was winning the fight early. Looked, you know, how he normally does, like the, the better striker. But uh, I forget exactly what. Oh, uh, Lima hit like this right leg kick, like, like a sweep. And Page fell down, started getting back up. But as he was getting up, Lima just drilled him in the face with a right hand on the chin, knocked him out cold, like highlight real material stuff here. Then he landed some hammer fists on Page. Like this was this was a crazy knockout, one that's worth going out of your way to see. That's Lima versus Page. And now Lima is in the finals of the welterweight tournament, and he will fight the winner of Neiman Gracie and um the hell's his name? The crazy guy from Canada who's found God. God damn it. Rory McDonald. That's the problem with doing these shows by yourself. Uh, you've got nobody to back you up, and when you forget, 
things. There's nowhere, no, but nobody there to help you. There's no net on this show. We run it once. We do it live. Like Bill O'Reilly. We're going to do it live. I'll write the damn thing. And we'll do it live. That's what this show's all about. Uh, AJ McKee defeated Pat Curran. Unanimous decision. AJ McKee's the real deal, man. I think he's 14-0 now. Hasn't lost uh, ever in his career. His dad used to fight in the UFC. Um, AJ McKee looks pretty good. Uh, then we had Jake Hager, former WWE champion, uh, defeating TJ Jones, the beef plant worker. TJ Jones was hilarious. He legit looked like a guy uh, who works <laughs> in a beef processing plant. It's like the perfect way to describe him. Like the stare down was so funny. Like Hager's pretty jacked and in shape, and this former collegiate wrestler, pro wrestler, has a you know an athletic pedigree. He's fighting this dumpy-looking dude who, like, hasn't shaved, is legit, like, just fat, like, has my kind of build. And, like, he was talking shit to Hager and cutting promos and then just got his ass kicked. He basically got taken down and choked out with a, um, like, an arm triangle on the ground. And... Hager, for some reason, the finish was weird. Hager had it sunk sunk in. This uh, beef plant worker taps out. And Hager keeps it on. I don't think it was really Hager's fault. He, he took a lot of shit for not releasing it. But the way the ref broke it up was by grabbing TJ Jones's arm that he was tapping with to end the fight. Instead of, like, hitting Hager or grabbing Hager and telling him the fight's over... He just stopped the guy from tapping. So Hager held on to the choke longer than he needed to and took some crap for it, but it wasn't really his fault. And then uh, Taiwan Claxton defeated James Bennett by TKO at 209 of the third. I think Claxton debuted in Bellator and had this crazy flying knee finish, if memory serves me. So uh, he got another knockout win here. Then what else do we have going on? That was Bellator 221. Um quite a few big fights announced recently that that should be noted um at ufc 241 on august 17th in anaheim california we're gonna do anthony pettis versus nate diaz nate is back he's gonna be fighting in cali his home state i wonder how far anaheim is from stockton i have no idea but this one uh kind of sort of came out of left field. Pettis is coming off that Stephen Thompson win in his welterweight debut with that crazy knockout off of the cage. And um, these guys won't have to cut weight. They're similar sizes. They both fought at 155 for years. Uh, If I had to guess, Nate's going to be a little taller and have a little more reach. Pettis is small for 170, but so is Nate. And that's why, you know, Nate fought most of his career at 155. But at 170, neither guy is really going to have to cut weight. They should both be in good shape. They won't be, you know, dehydrated. Um, and Nate's fun, man. Ninja shit, baby. I Nate's one of those few guys where I still get excited to see him fight because he, he's mental. You know what I mean? The guy is nuts, and he's got that weird charisma, and you just kind of gravitate to him. Kind of like Connor, John Jones. The, the, he, he's a draw. 
and you want to see him fight. It's simple as that. Um, I kind of favor Pettis in this fight, but I, I, I don't know. Um, the thing with Nate is he's not that good. He's really not that good. He was like a, you know, a lower top 10, 155 pounder. He got the Connor fights, beat Connor once on short notice, lost to him in the next one, and hasn't fought again. He's got the Michael Johnson one, but he's got quite a few losses. Like, his wrestling takedown defense was never that great. Um, he's a good striker, a good boxer, but so is Pettis. Pettis is good on the feet. He rarely gets lit up on the feet. So um, that'll be a fun fight. Pettis has already been talking crap. Um, he said, it's a perfect fight for me. You know me and Nate. We have had beef and drama for a long time. So this is something that was supposed to happen a long time ago, and it's finally happened. I don't even remember where it started, what event. I was the champion, but we have always had drama. And every time we saw each other, it's like something was going to happen. It was just one of those things that he may have been jealous that I was the champ. He wanted a shot at me. Um, so Pettis is also claiming that he was offered the Conor McGregor fight, a fight with Conor. Uh, and declined it because he'd rather fight Nate Diaz, which can't be true. Like, you have to be a dumbass to turn down a fight against Conor McGregor. Like, really dumb. You are so dumb, you know? <laughs> like, you don't turn down a fight. I would fight Conor McGregor. I would, I, I would go on a diet now and get down to... Well, hopefully we can do it at 170. I won't really have to cut that much weight. But I, I get down to 155 in a couple... In a month. I could get down to 155 in a month to fight Conor McGregor for millions of dollars. I could do that. And Lee Pettis should do that too. But... Second best option would be, would be Nate, I suppose. Um, either way, I'm excited for this fight. It's a fun fight. These guys will build it up. Hopefully Pettis doesn't get hurt and he can make it to the cage. Because once Nate signs to fight somebody, he'll fight him. He's not going to walk away with an injury or anything. Nate will show up to fight. That's what the Diaz brothers do. Uh, other fight news. We've got Tony Ferguson versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone at UFC 238. Um, I think we talked about it last week. Ferguson met with you know UFC officials Dana White. Um, about a week and a half ago, I'd want to say. And uh, apparently they were happy with what they saw and heard from him. Obviously, he had some legal issues and another guy with domestic assault accusations. And he was just mentally off his rocker. He thought there were things living in his walls and he kidnapped his son. And again... These aren't like corroborated reports, but this is what his wife was claiming when she filed a restraining order. She uh, canceled the restraining order, uh, rescinded the restraining order. I don't, I've never had one or had one against me, so I'm not real sure, but um, this is a fun fight. Cowboys coming off that win over Ally Aquinta, which was one of his best wins ever, just dominated that fight. Um, and this looked good at 155. And with the kid, there's a storyline that he's winning the title for his kid. Um, and a win over Ferguson. Holy shit. If Cerrone doesn't get a title shot after beating Tony Ferguson, there, there's no 
justice in the world. Like, none. Give that man a title shot. He deserves it. And just the storyline alone of Cowboy, you know, struggling at welterweight, moving back down to 155, having the kid running off the streak of wins at 36 years old when everybody thinks he's broken down and washed up. It's awesome. That's a great storyline. And Tony Ferguson at the same time deserved a title shot years ago. He won the interim title, had it stripped because he tore his knee apart when he tripped on like a, a video camera cable. And now he's back and should be getting a title shot now anyway, but they had already booked Khabib and Poirier. Um, so again, lightweight is an amazing division. You've still got Conor McGregor out there, Justin Gaethje out there, Khabib and Poirier fighting for the title. 155 is freaking awesome. And then you can also have Pettis and uh, Nate who can move back down to 155 too. Um, just an awesome, awesome division and so many fun potential fights. Uh, there's a speed trap up here. Another cop. Um, ooh, cop just pulled out. It was hiding like on the median strip up here and they just pulled out and they're probably, uh, they cut across. We're safe, we're good, we're good. I don't know if I've ever had a speeding ticket. Usually I can talk my way out of it. Um, also on that Cowboy and uh, Ferguson car, that's UFC 238 in Chicago. There's also two title fights in there flying under the radar um, with Henry Cejudo versus Marlon Marais for the Bantamweight Championship because, that, of course, TJ Dillashaw got stripped, so Cejudo's moving up to fight Marais. And then we also got Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica I for the Women's Flyweight Championship. She has to be legit the least deserving. Probably not. There's been some short notice title fights. But she is not a deserving number one contender. Like, that is sad. Then in one more potential title fight main event at UFC 240 in Edmonton. Alberta, Alberta, Canada, Edmond, Calgary, Alberta, Canada, somewhere in Canada, we have UFC 240, which is going to be headlined by Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar, Frankie Edgar coming back for a title shot, he had a win over Cub Swanson like a long time ago, like I, I feel like it was last, like a I don't even know when that was. It might have been a year ago at this point. But he's going to get a title shot. Um, I think before that, he had the Ortega knockout loss where he got basically destroyed. Then he had the Cub win, and now he's getting a title shot against Holloway. Uh, they've been scheduled a couple times before, but each one of them got hurt at different times. Uh, I think one time Aldo stepped in to fight Holloway and got knocked out again. But... Uh, this has to be Edgar's last title shot. He's had a lot of title shots over the years. And uh, this has to be his last chance. I think he's 36 as well. Let's see how good Frankie Edgar really is because Max Holloway is no joke. Especially at 145. He lights, he lights dudes up. He's fast. He's going to you know, switch stances, circle different directions. Um, and Edgar's game is based on his quickness, his nimbleness, his, able, his ability to get in and out quickly. He 
is not going to be faster than Max Holloway. He's not going to be able to get in and out quickly like he does against a lot of fighters. Um, if anything, he's going to have a speed disadvantage, I think. Um, there's a chance maybe his wrestling will work, but Holloway's wrestling has really improved. He um, doesn't get taken down like he used to. I always harken back to the his Conor McGregor fight where McGregor was taking him down while he had a torn ACL. I was like, this guy has no wrestling. Like, freaking Conor McGregor's taking you down and dominating you on the ground. Uh, but that aspect of his game has improved dramatically. So, I, I mean, you'd have to favor Holloway just based on the age and their recent resumes, but Frankie Edgar surprises you all the time, you know? He, he's better than people give him credit for. Again, though, 36, slowing down. He's got a couple Aldo losses, the Ortega loss. And his last win against Cub Swanson, you've seen Cub Swanson in his last few fights losing left and right, so it's like, how much does that Swanson win even mean at this point? Um, oh, Neil Magny's in trouble with uh, USADA. He was forced to uh, pull out of his fight with Vicente Luque at UFC Rochester. He announced that his withdrawal was due to a failed USADA test. Um, so again, we're in that time frame where USADA doesn't uh, release their fighters' names who have failed tests. So fighters get pulled from cards, and you don't know why. Was it an injury? Was there some sort of family emergency? Why, why did this fight get pulled? Uh, in this case, he failed for dihydroxy-LGD-4033. Um, he says he's going to clear his name, that he's innocent, that he didn't knowingly ingest whatever this performance-enhancing drug was, um, and he's going to go through the process of trying to figure it out. He said, I have faith in USADA that this situation will be resolved in a timely manner and that I will be cleared of any wrongdoing. To all of my fans and supporters, thank you. I assure you that I have not let you down. I think that's something the fans will, will decide. Thank you for letting me know you haven't let me down. But at the same time, you failed the steroid test, dude. You probably did let your fans down. Not that you have this huge fan base, Neil Magny, um, or that they really care if you fail a test. I mean, John Jones still has fans, and he's failed multiple tests. Every time he gets tested, he's got too much women's hormones running through his piss and blood. Um, so dumb. Anyway, uh, Neil Magny, possible steroid cheat. And lastly, there is a UFC this weekend. Uh, no Bellator for a while. Uh, let me pull up this weekend's show. I thought I had it here. It's hard to do while you're driving, by the way. Like, I know normally... I ramble on and don't have a good excuse. But I'm trying to drive and look at my phone and uh, talk to you guys. Uh, which this is all my own doing. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's more challenging than usual. There is a ESPN Plus show, a network that has not a lot of subscribers and could slowly be killing the UFC. Uh, we've got the show in Rochester, the one Magni was pulled from at the Blue Cross Arena on uh, Saturday, May 18th. In the main event, we've got 
Rafael Dos Anjos versus Kevin Lee in a welterweight fight. Both guys typically have fought at lightweight. RDA has been fighting at welterweight the last couple of years. But Kevin Lee was a guy who missed weight at 155 a couple times and had talked about moving up to 170. So this is another one where the guys are, are both super talented, top 10, 155-pound fighters, but they don't feel like making the cut anymore, and they'll be similarly sized dudes. Um, Kevin Lee needs a win at this point, for sure. Like, he was on the track. He had that interim title fight with uh, Ferguson. He lost that, but he had staph infection. He's one of those guys where you're like, wow, this dude's going to be going to be the real deal. He is 17-4 and four now, but he's coming off a decision loss to Al Iaquinta, um, which, again, Iaquinta just lost to Cowboy, and it's like you wonder, all right, how good, how good is Kevin Lee? Well, you're probably going to find out against RDA, even though he's getting a little long in the tooth. He's still... Um, you know, a top 10 welterweight in the world and probably a top 5, 155 pounder in the world if he can make the weight. He is um, coming off a loss to Kamaru Usman, but Kamaru Usman's a champion of the world and a much bigger dude than he is. So uh, prior to that, he had a decision loss to Kobe Covington, another bigger, stronger wrestler. Um, before that, he ran off three straight wins. Robbie Lawler, Neil Magny, and Tarek Safadine. So um, I'll, I'll be curious to see how RDA looks at, at, you know, 34 years old here and been in the UFC since... He's been in the UFC a long time. Let's see, when did he debut? Jesus. Wow. Wow. RDA. No shit. Debuted at UFC 91 in 2008. Wow, I had no idea. I figured he was in the UFC six, seven years. Wow. He's been in the UFC 11 years. Holy shit. That's crazy. He's going to be one of the longest tenured guys now. Besides BJ and Anderson, who should retire. Um, probably Jeremy Stevens has been. But anyway, Frankie Edgar. There's guys who have been in the UFC longer. But 11 years... Fighting at this level against the best guys in the world. That's um, no joke. So he is gone. Let's see. 11 and 2. This is fun, I know. Uh, 17 and 9 in the UFC, and a lot of those losses were early on. Now he's fighting bigger guys at 170, where he's got a major size disadvantage working against him. But Kevin Lee, RDA, good fight. It'll be a good test to see where both guys are at. Who's going to you know, stay in title contention and who is kind of a pretender to the throne? Uh, in women's bantamweight, we've got Aspen Ladd versus Sajara Eubank. Sarge is back. Sarge has missed weight a couple times, I think. Uh, she used to fight at 125. That was the story. She was supposed to fight at MSG at one point. Then got pulled from the show or something. Or she was announced for it, and then they gave it to Joanna. Something weird like that. Maybe they did Shevchenko and Joanna pulled Sarge out of the fight I can't remember uh, Carlos Jr. versus Ian Heinish uh, we got Charles Oliveira versus Nick Lentz gotta favor Oliveira there at this point Nick Lentz is getting old Davi Ramos versus Austin Hubbard prelims we got Megan Anderson at featherweight back 
This has to be like the first non... How many? Let's think about this. Is this the first non-title women's featherweight fight in UFC history? No. Megan Anderson fought Holly Holm at 145. Got her ass kicked. Uh, yeah. This would be the second one. I think so. Good trivia question. What was the second women's non-title featherweight fight in UFC history? Megan Anderson versus Felicia Spencer. Remember that. Um, Patrick Cummins versus Ed Herman at light heavyweight. I can't believe Ed Herman's still around. He's got to be one of the longest tenured UFC fighters. I think he was on tough three. Holy crap. Let's just for fun. Ed Herman, who's 23 and 14 now, three straight losses. He's very old. He debuted in the UFC Ultimate Fighter 2006. 2006. Crazy. Crazy Ed Herman. He doesn't want to cut weight either. Moved up to light heavyweight. Uh, what else? Um, that's it. I'm almost at work. I'm late. I'm very late. There's a lot of traffic. I gotta go. Uh, thank you so much for listening to MMA, MMA show. That's Middle Age Mixed Martial Arts Show. My name is Bat, and I am almost to work. Check us out on Twitter, MMA, MMA show one. And on Instagram, MMA, MMA Show. Uh, like this program on whatever you listen to it on Spotify, you know, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. G- give me a review. Give me five stars. Whatever you got to do. Let's get uh, let's get our our listenership up here. Thank you for joining me. I will be back next week with a more proper show, unless something weird happens to me again. Thanks for listening. Bye.